Rev City, good to be with you today. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're standing strong in the Lord. If you have your Bible with you today, turn or click to Joshua chapter 3, where we'll be digging into God's Word together today and trusting Him to come on, speak to our hearts, strengthen us and encourage us, remind us of some things He's declared over our lives, reveal some things that He has to say to us today. And I hope you're doing well. Hope you're standing strong in the Lord which comes from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, that says, finally, be strong, how? In the Lord and in his mighty power. And you know, in this season that we've been walking through, I'm so grateful, so thankful for the promise of God that says this, in my weakness, he is strong. Be strong in the Lord. You know, I say that often to folks, come on, stand strong, stand strong. And I'm so grateful and thankful that that's not dependent on my ability to be strong. Come on, in this season, I've been dealing with some doubts, facing some fears, but come on, I'm making a decision to take my stand, not on what I know or what I see or what I feel, but what on God's word says, and come on, on who he is. Be strong in the Lord, in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that what? You can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Because come on, our struggle is not against flesh and blood or a virus, but against rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Come on, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're standing strong. Come on, even if you're dealing with doubt or facing fear, stand strong, not in your own strength, but in the power and the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, on who he is and what he says about you. Come on, the word of God. Come on, the radical, crazy sacrifice of Jesus, where he laid down his life to prove to us his love for us. Come on, we might be walking through some crazy times, but you need to hear this today. God is not through with you. And catch this, listen to this, because God is not surprised by anything. His plans, his promises for your life, for your marriage, for your family, for your business, for your ministry have not been paused. Maybe they've been delayed. But God, when God gave you those promises, when God gave you that marriage, when God gave you that business, when God called you to that ministry, he factored in what we're going through today into that calling. And come on, it's so good to just see God doing what his word says he'll do. Working all things together for the good of those who who love God and who are called according to his purpose. So come on, people of God. Keep loving God. Keep loving Jesus. Keep serving God. Keep serving people. Stay connected to the purposes of God for your life. And listen, if you've drifted from those things, come on, on this day, on on Pentecost Sunday weekend, ask God for a fresh fire, for fresh wind to fill your sails, for a fresh fire to begin to burn in your heart for Jesus and for what matters to him. Come on, hear me today. He is not through with you. And he's building us, and he's shaping us. And listen, we're going through some uncomfortable things. There's stretching that's going on. And listen, what I've learned is that God is no doubt a comforter. Come on, his word declares he is a comforter. But in my life, I've seen that oftentimes he's more concerned with developing my eternal character than he is with my temporary comfort. And listen, if you've ever lifted weights, you know that this is true. Resistance builds strength. And challenging times are where we grow the most. 
And it's what James is saying in James chapter 1 where he says, Dear brothers and sisters, come on, that's you and that's me. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for joy. Why? Because you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Listen, this season maybe has been challenging, but come on, resistance builds strength. And listen, what I've learned is if it doesn't challenge you, it rarely will change you. So come on, I'm glad I serve a father who's a comforter. But I'm also glad I serve a father who sees the potential and the destiny and the calling and his hand upon my life and all that's possible if I'll trust him and look to him and serve him and serve others. I'm grateful he's my comforter, but I'm also grateful he's my challenger. He's challenging me to move forward, to embrace the resistance and see how that builds spiritual strength in our lives. Come on, in our marriages, in our homes, in our businesses, in this church, in your ministry. If it doesn't challenge you, it will rarely change you. Come on, he's, he's changing us. He's, he's building us. He's building us up. So come on, let's look at Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 4, one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. And there's a lot that God wants to speak to our hearts from this passage today. I firmly believe it. Come on, right where you are, would you allow me to pray over our time in God's word today? And right where you are, would you ask God, Lord, would you speak to me? Come on, let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we're here today, wherever we are, to meet with you, to encounter your presence, and to dig into your promises for our life. God, would you speak to us today? Lord, anyone who's weak or weary or wounded, any way in their life, Lord, physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally, relationally, would you strengthen them today? by the power of your word and just the depth and the richness of your love and your mercy and your goodness towards us as your people today, God. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Comfort us and strengthen us today by your word. In Jesus' name, come on, all God's precious people said, amen, amen, amen. Joshua chapter 3, picking up in verse 3, says this. Come on, follow along. When you see the ark of the covenant of your Lord, your God, and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out. Come on, right where you are. If you're with somebody, look at them and say, move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. And come on, don't we feel like there's, in a lot of ways, we're in a place that we've never been before. We're in a circumstance. We're in a season. We're facing situations, decisions. What are we going to do? We've never been this way before. And God says, come on, follow the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God. He says, follow me. He says, move out. He says, don't stay stuck. Don't settle where you're at. Be prepared to listen and to look and to watch and to hear what I'm doing, what I'm speaking, where I'm leading you. And prepare to move out. Follow my presence. I'll show you where to go. I'll show you how to do it. I'll give you the wisdom for the decisions. I'll give you the faith to move forward in a season, in a place that you've never been before. And it says, but keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits. Come on, that's, and I looked it up. Thankfully, that's not six feet. It's more like 3,000 feet. But he says, keep a distance. And that's all about this reverence for God and this reverence and this ability to see God out in front of us, leading us forward to the things that he has in his heart for us. Verse five, it says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. And here, this people of God, the decisions you make today are preparing you for the journey tomorrow. Consecrate yourselves today for what God has in his heart to do in your life tomorrow. 
Come on, don't delay. Don't wait. Right now, today, begin to ask God, Lord, prepare me for what you're about to do in my life. Prepare me for what you desire to do in my life. Skipping down, verse 14. Come on, same chapter, Joshua chapter 3. Says this, so when the people broke camp, come on, God's called them to get moving. And it says, when they broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. God's presence, come on, going ahead of them. And it says, now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Come on, God, really? You're going to call us to cross the river towards your promises in the absolute time of the year where the river is at its highest? Come on, God. It just seems like God has a way of doing this in our lives. Putting us in a situation that in the natural seems improbable, maybe even impossible. And it's exactly what he's done with the people of God. Called them to the bank of this river in the season where the river is at its highest. And it says, yet as soon, come on, catch this people of God. As soon as the priest who carried the ark, who carried the presence of God with them, that's you now and that's me because of what Jesus did to tear the veil and the separation between God and man and now allow us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with his presence. And those people who carried the presence of God reached the Jordan and watch what it says. And their feet touched the water's edge. And as their feet touched the water's edge, look what it says happened. The water from upstream stopped flowing. Come on, couldn't they have just called a prayer meeting and said, God, would you do something about this river that's at flood stage? Oh, maybe they could have. But what God had them to do was take a step. Take a step. A step of faith. Come on, the river's still in flood stage, but we're putting our feet into the place that God has called us to advance across because he's got a place and a promise for us on the other side. Come on, you need to hear this today. Take a step, take a step, just one step, just one step. What's the next step? Come on, the, the first and the next step is always the most important step. So when the people of God took that step, it says the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. And reading on verse 17, it says the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan. Come on, right where you are, say in the middle. And stood on dry ground while all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. And listen, this is a time... For the people of God to stand on the promises of God. Come on, your family, your co-workers, your community needs you as a person of faith. Come on, to be standing in faith on the promises of God. And listen, living by faith is not a dismissal of practical wisdom or common sense. But in this season, I just feel compelled that it's going to be critically important for us as men of God. And for us as women of God to live and walk by faith and not by sight. It looks like the river's at flood stage. It is at flood stage, but God's calling us forward, and we're taking a step. And come on, reading on, turn the page, chapter 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priests are standing and carry them over with you. Take them with you and put them down at the place where you will stay tonight. Reading on verse four, it says, so Joshua called together the 12 men that he had appointed, one from each tribe and said to them, go over before the ark of your God to the middle of the Jordan. 
Each of you is to take up a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites. Why? To serve as a sign among you. And catch this, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them, tell them, come on, testify. Tell them that the Jordan, the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones are a memorial to the people of God, the people of Israel forever. He says, tell them. He says, take these with you and tell them about that season. Tell them about that place where the river in your life was at flood stage and the enemy had his sights on your destruction. Come on, tell them about that season of fear where God showed up and showed himself faithful. Come on, tell them about that place of pain that God redeemed with the power of his promises. He says, come on, from the very place, the middle of your situation, pick up a stone. Take 12 stones. Come on, take them with you. Build a monument of God's faithfulness at the very place that the enemy wanted to drown you and pin you under with these very stones. God delivered us and saw us through, and now these stand as a monument of God's faithfulness. Come on. God is faithful. He's seeing you through. The river might be at flood stage, but he's seen you through. And reading on, verse 8. Chapter 4, come on, keep reading with me. So the men did as Joshua had commanded them. And they took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua, come on, whatever the Lord is speaking to you, whatever he's calling you to do, be faithful to just say, yes, God, I'll do it. And watch what God does in your life, in your season, in your situation. And it says they carried them there to the place where they camped for the night. And they constructed the memorial there. But catch this reading on in verse 9. Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones. Where? In the middle of the Jordan. At the place where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. And those stones are there to this day. And listen, God was saying, don't forget what I've done in your life. And don't miss what I'm about to do. Catch this. Come on, people of God, catch this. There were two memorials, two piles of stones out of the same circumstance, out of the same situation that God was leading them through. He said, there's one that I intend for you to take with you. And there's another that I want you to put right in the middle of that river that will forever be covered by the waters of that river. Listen, maybe what we're walking through as a people, maybe there's two things. Maybe there's some things that we ought to take with us, some lessons, some observations, some things that God speaks to us and reminds us of and does in our heart that God intends for us to take with us towards the promises of God. But maybe there's also some things that God is revealing in our hearts. Maybe there's also some things that God is, come on, using this circumstance, using this season to reveal about us and in us that he intends for us to leave behind, to stand as a monument of his forgiveness and his mercy. And listen, I don't know about you, but I know in my own life, I have a tendency to remember the things I ought to forget. And forget the things I should always remember. Come on, what God knew and what Joshua knew about these very people is that just a few chapters earlier in the story, they had already forgotten 
about the way that God had miraculously delivered them from the bondage they were in in the land of Egypt. And just a few miles down the road, come on, after 400 years of saying, God, rescue us. God, change this circumstance. God, set us free. And God had done that very thing. And a few miles down the road, they were begging to go back to Egypt. Come on, it's true. If you don't believe it, look, Exodus 14, verse 12. They said, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. And listen, I might judge the people of God if it wasn't true that even in my own life, when I get into a difficult season, come on, that's challenging me and stretching me out of something that I've grown comfortable in. And, and come on, you can get comfortable with something that's killing you. And God's leading them out of something, a place of bondage. Come on, they had been crying out to God to deliver them. And just a few miles down the road, they begin to choose what is familiar. They begin to long for the familiar over the freedom of God. And listen, with everything we're walking through, there's something that's being said commonly and being said frequently, so much so that it's almost becoming cliche. And that phrase is this, the new normal. And listen, I get it. I can't wait for some things to return to normal. Come on, I can't wait to be back at Allen Fieldhouse with that place jam-packed with crazy Jayhawks fans. And I can't wait to go out on a group date with three or four other couples to a restaurant and it feels somewhat like normal. And I can't wait to gather back in this room with the people of God, come on, who are on fire for Jesus, worshiping and praising and giving him thanks for all that he's done and all that he's yet to do. As it regards some of those things, I can't wait to get back to normal. But come on. Just a, a public service announcement from your friendly neighborhood pastor. Much of what was normal before wasn't working. And do we really want to go back there? Come on, do we really want to find ourselves like the people of God who had been rescued from some things, given this opportunity to break free and move forward, and who were already looking back and longing for what was familiar to their flesh? Come on. Let's not be a people who look back to what is familiar and exchange it for the freedom that God is leading us to. Come on, the promises that God has in his heart for us. And listen, maybe there is a new normal. There is a new normal that has nothing to do with masks and thermometers and one-way shopping aisles. And come on, you do not want to be the guy who misses the one-way sign on the shopping aisle. I made that mistake recently, and I learned that hell has no fury like a woman being approached by a man going the wrong way down the chip aisle at Walmart. But maybe there is a new normal. A new normal, come on, that says, I'll never take for granted some of the things that I had begun to take for granted. Maybe there is a new normal that says, I won't take for granted the job and the work that God has blessed me to do. I don't have to go to work. I get to go to work. I won't take for granted going to church on Sunday morning and gathering in the house of God with the people of God and worshiping my God. I don't have to go to church. I get to go to church. I won't take my family for granted and I'll go back to work and I'll go back to church and we'll go back to sports, but I'll never again lay my family down on the altar of success. Maybe there is a new normal of what success really looks like to us as the people of God. And it's more aligned with what success looks like in the heart of God. 
And maybe we learn that all along God has been more concerned about significance than success. And come on, people of God, catch this. There were two monuments, two piles of stones, the things that God intended them to take forward with them and the things that God intended to be buried right there, come on, in the waters of that river. And so come on, right where you are today, would you begin to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you speaking to me? What are you doing in me? What are the things that you would have, the lessons you would have me to learn that you desire for me to take forward to the promises of God? Come on, for my life, for my marriage, for my family, for my work. What are the things that you're revealing to me? What are the things that you're reaching in and showing me about my heart or about my life that you intend for me to leave behind in the place? Come on, the middle, the miracle in the middle and never go back to that place again buried in the baptismal waters of the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, right where you are, just put your hand over your heart. And if you're able, maybe stand to your feet and just begin to give a moment, create the space for the Holy Spirit of God to speak to you. Come on, as he's speaking to you, I trust he's speaking to you. Every one of our lives, there's some of those things that, those lessons that God wants us to learn and those things that God wants us to leave. And as he's speaking to you, allow me to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your precious people. And thank you for the promises that you have for them, God. And thank you, Lord, that you're going to see us through, Lord, the, the river you've called us to go across, Lord. Even when it seems and is in flood stage, God, you are going to be faithful. Help us to keep your presence before us, God. Speak to us. Give us wisdom. Give us direction, Lord. We look to you and we trust in you. You are our source of health. You are our source of provision. You are our source of protection and direction. And God, those things that you're speaking to us, Lord, help us to never forget the things that you've shown us. Come on, right where you are, man of God, woman of God, grab a hold of whatever it is that God's showing you and speaking to you and leading you towards. Come on, don't forget what God's done. Don't forget what God wants to do, desires to do in your life. Friend, if you're joining us today and you realize that you're far from God, Maybe you once knew God and served God and, and lived for God and today you realize that life has happened and you've forgotten God, you've left God behind, you've forged ahead in your own strength. Friend, if that's you today or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, we believe that you are tuning in today by no accident. It's because of the heart of a good father, come on, who's calling out to you, longing to see you restored, forgiven, made whole back to a relationship with a good and a loving Heavenly Father, come on, who has a plan and a purpose and a promise for your life in spite of all the things that you've been through or maybe are going through today. And listen, if that's you right now, it's your opportunity to respond. And here's what we're gonna do. Come on, church family, you know we do it every week. We're gonna pray this prayer along with you. We do it for a couple reasons. One, to just quickly affirm to you, we wanna come alongside you and support you in your faith in Jesus Christ. And two, because even as we're growing in our faith, we recognize we never graduate from grace. And so come on with all the precious people who are responding in their hearts to the forgiveness of Jesus, turning from their sins and making a decision to follow him. Come on, let's pray this together. Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a savior. And I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price I could not pay to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. 
And I give you that life. I give you my trust. And come on, because of Jesus, because of the cross of Jesus, I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. And right where you are, would you rejoice with all of heaven for the precious people who gave their life to Jesus today? And friend, if you gave your life to God today, we would love to hear from you. We have a gift, some resources we would love to send to you. Would you text new life, all one word, to the text number 30500 or email us newlife at revcity.com. As people of God, God is not through with you. He's going to see you through. And he's preparing you for the promises he has for you. So come on, with that in mind, let's worship the Lord one more time together today.